Hey friends, Andy Jenkins, and welcome back to the Hilltop, to the podcast. Here we are. I am in the middle of, actually, I hit the hump. We are on the downhill slide of, this is actually, most often I get on here and talk, but this is actually, uh, I've been, I'm, I'm four deep into a real life sermon series that we did at a small group 11 years ago at the Birmingham Dream Center. Okay, here, here's what's funny. This is a side note. I haven't even talked about this like <laughs> in years, but I'm going to tell all of you something I've told maybe a handful of people is um, one of the groups that was down there at the Dream Center broke our sound equipment. We, we started just leaving it down there. It wasn't an expensive sound system, but it was the only sound system that we had. They, they used it. They didn't intend to. They broke it. And later on i just asked them because they were they were a church that had um millions of dollars they, they shouldn't have even been using our sound equipment it was cool that they were you know we were we were a struggling little ragtag group they were letting us use their facility and so i, I asked them i was like hey man it'd be great if you guys could just replace that equipment it, it was maybe four or five hundred bucks worth of stuff it'd be great if you guys could just replace it not a problem you know, you guys had asked if you could use it. You know, we let you do it for one event, and then you started taking it out. You were letting kids play with it. They shouldn't have been doing that. Not, not a problem. We just need you to replace it. And the the administrator at the church, we, we met about it and about some other things. He said, well, um, y'all were never there. Like, y'all y'all never did anything at the Dream Center. And I, I, t- I told him, I was like, bro, no, no, we did. Like, we were there. He goes, no, y'all weren't. Like, he, he got saucy about it. And so finally I told him, I was like, man, we actually recorded all the talks we gave. Like we recorded everything. We, we recorded the music because we had people that couldn't come that were, you know, they would want to know what y'all talk about. Like They just want to keep up with the content, right? And so funny story, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, that's where all of this came from. You go, why are you sharing it now? Well, I'm sharing with you because what we talked about for about six weeks was the cross and the blood of Jesus and how on the cross and the events surrounding that seminal event of our faith, he achieved for you and for me far more than we realize. That series eventually became a book. You can get the ebook free. It's in the link below. The name of it is Redemption. We talk about, redemption is a word that means freedom. We talk about how on the cross and the events surrounding the cross, Jesus incredibly, radically, overly set you and me free. Uh, eventually, it went from that series into a book. Now it's an ebook. In fact, you can buy the paperback or you can, you can get the old version of the book for like five bucks. Why five? Because that's the amount of money it costs for us to buy the envelope, to pay for the shipping. We found like 50 of them in our garage and we will send you the old version of the book if you want to buy it at a discounted rate. Um, people say, well... Uh, what's different about it? It's just the cover. <laughs> about a year ago, we rebranded everything, and so the cover of that content—it's—it's it's just a—it's a little bit different. The guts, the inside, still the same. Uh, you know, just think about like Shakespeare, rose by any other name, rose by any other like I guess color. It kind of breaks down that analogy. Wood smell is sweet. It's the same stuff. Here's what happened though. After that series, was really thinking, okay, now that people are awakened to grace and favor, what do they need to know? And that led us to really defining, okay, let's let's talk about our faith. And let's talk about 
really, let's just break it down ultra simple. What, what does it mean to live a transformed life? And so I'm not going to regurgitate all of the content here in this intro that I've taught and shared with you, but suffice to say, eventually you come to this point where you want to share that faith with other people. Now, when I grew up, we would do that through like books called The Four Spiritual Laws. That was a brochure that helps lead people through faith. We would talk about, you know, evangelism. We would talk about, and I'm not saying those are bad topics at all. I am saying, though, if we're going to boil it down and make it simple and get the essence of it, the essence of sharing your faith is being such a light that you have a hope and you just tell others about the hope that you have in you. That's it. And it's that contagious. And when you share the reason for that hope and what that hope is and what that fire is inside of you, oh, aha, all of a sudden, that's it. People are like, oh, me too. I want that. So in this message, I I talked for a little bit. Providentially, there was a guy that served on staff with me that has a really hard pass. This guy's doing phenomenal by the time you hear him on this talk doing even more phenomenal 11 years later now, running a business, married, flipping houses, renovating, I mean, incredible business guy, but goodness, that spring, Rob actually got shot outside of our ministry center. Now, I remember all the guys running up to him and they were like, man, hey, look, we're helping guys coming off the streets, off drugs, human trafficking, prison, helping women, you know, with all that as well. So many of them had said, man, here's what it feels like. I've been shot. Here's what you're going to experience. Took him to the hospital. You're going to hear him tell that story and all of the miracles that occurred during those several days of events. Okay, so here it is. Here is, I really believe, talk number four about simple Christianity telling others about the hope that you have in you with my friend, time, a staff member, Rob Malcolm. Here's the topic. I think that as as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that you and I are all to do, as the Bible says, the work of, let me just use the Bible word, an evangelist. That means we're to share the, the good news of Christ. Now, now the problem with that is, is you and I tend to go to probably one of two extremes back and forth when, when we share the facts, the truth about Christ and what he's done is, is one extreme is we do, do just that. We just go to kind of the, the extreme number one. It's kind of the legalistic extreme where we just want to share facts and data and information um, just as we think if people can get the, just the details straight that, that they'll know Christ and follow Christ. And, and, and the truth of that is, 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 is good, just well-planned arguments never change anybody. I mean, Paul said when he went to his church in 1 Corinthians 2, he said he didn't come with persuasive arguments and words of human wisdom. He came with the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit so that their faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but would rest in the very power, the life-giving power of God. So extreme number one, just the facts, the data, and man, it's hard for us to keep up with it. And it's hard because everybody's got an argument back with you. It just doesn't work. Extreme number two is this is we just go to the other side and instead of doing the work of an evangelist by sharing anything, you and I just, just we, we just punt and we don't talk at all. And, and we just say things like, like this, if you've ever said this, I've, I've done this before, that my lifestyle is my witness. 
Anybody ever played that card? In my life, I just, I witnessed by, here's the truth. My life's not that good. Even on a good day, people are not falling out of the aisles and falling over at Walmart going, that guy's got it together. I need to know what he's got and follow Christ. You know, and nobody's that good, right? It just, it, it doesn't work even on the best day. People can't just look at you and, and without hearing the good news of grace, they, they just don't convert. Well, I was trying to think, is, is there a third option for us? One that's not just all information, one that's not just, just, just let me just live my life and then, you know, people are going to mysteriously convert and I'll never have to talk because I just, you know, I've got it all together and they just, is there a third option? And, and, and I think there is, as I was wrestling in First Peter chapter 3, there is, and let me just illustrate the whole thing like this. Flip to the slide with uh, Cheerios there, Rob. Here's, here's kind of a detail we have in our family that I'm, I'm kind of proud of uh, in some way, because my wife's a bit of a, of a health kick type person, is about once every two weeks, we've had a particularly busy day, a long day, we've, we've eaten a lot of food, we've gone to a buffet, or we've gone somewhere like a wedding or something where you're just kind of packed full. We, we have this thing that I, I just call cereal night. And, and what that means is for dinner, we actually eat cereal. Uh, well, we don't stock that in our house, and we've got a big family, so anytime there's a box of cereal, it lasts us for about one meal, and it's gone. And so when it comes time for cereal night, I just tell the kids and say, we're going to have cereal night. And that means I load up the kids, usually the two youngest, and uh, we cruise down to the Piggly Wiggly a couple blocks away, and we pick cereal. And whatever they want, they get, we take it back to the house, and we have cereal night. We eat cereal for supper. So here's, here's the truth. Usually we go down the aisle, and, and you know what the kids are going for, right? It's... Um, Frosted Flakes, it's Lucky Charms. Did you know they make seven kinds of Captain Crunch? Somebody's going to Google that right now. They, it's seven kinds. We go for Captain Crunch. We go for, uh, what's the one, Fred Flintstone, Fruity Pebbles? Uh, I mean, you just go down, whatever it is. Well, last night we're walking down the aisle, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of going to the ones I know they're going to go for. They're going to get the Captain Crunch because I like that. And they always eat it with chocolate milk, okay? So whatever it is, chocolate milk for the cereal. And I've got the two little boys with me, and they instantly go to this box of Cheerios. And I gotta think, you know, you gotta be serious. I mean, it's cereal night. Get something that you like. And they keep pulling up the Cheerios. And I'm like, no, what? No, no. They keep going. After a while, I finally got it. They said, no, it's, look, it's got I mean, Kung Fu Panda, right? And the thing that got them to go for the cereal, and, I, and I'm thinking, are you serious? This is healthy? This is like brand? I mean, this is like the top number one cereal on the shelf as, as far as like doctors are concerned and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what the stats say, right? And you're going for Cheerios? I mean, you got Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, I mean, Sugar Smacks, go with the frog, whatever. And they're going for, it's the packaging, right? It is strictly because it's got the panda on it. And so I thought about it, and I'm just going through, you know, I don't want to make this big leap, but as we're going through 1 Peter 3, I thought, is the Christian life, and is there something that you can apply to it to that, to where it's, it's, it's not the facts, it's not the, just the information, the information doesn't change, it's not even just your lifestyle, but that, that might not even change, but the way in which you live it, and the way in which you present it, doesn't that become the factor that changes it and makes it contagious and makes it something to where people want it? You see, let me show you First Peter chapter 3 and, and see if you can see this. Peter says this. He says, finally, verse 8, all of you be of one mind. And in other words, it's just everybody get on the same page with what I'm about to tell you. Everybody think like I'm telling you to think. Have compassion for one another. 
Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Notice the next phrase in verse 9. Not returning evil for evil. Okay, love, be compassionate, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. That's, that's just a fancy word for, for how we talk. Um, think about this. How, how many times does evil come up in your life against you? Because that's the context. It comes up a lot, doesn't it? I mean, Jesus actually even said in John 16, 33, he said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. He says, you're, it's, it's going to come. You're going to have these things that are going to come up against you. And so what Peter is saying here, Peter is saying, don't return evil for evil. Don't return reviling. That's usually something that people say. Don't return reviling for reviling. In other words, he's saying the way you get through life is you don't just take a bad situation and pile more bad on it. That's like trying to dig out of a hole, and instead of putting dirt in the hole, you just go, we got a hole, let's just dig more hole. It, it just doesn't ever get you out. It doesn't provide a way out. So he says, don't provide a way for evil to be overcome with evil. It's like the Bible says, overcome evil with, you can insert this one, overcome evil with what? With, with, with good. Here's our tendency. It's to man up, Right? And it's just to bow up and fight, especially if you're a guy. That's why they even have the phrase, right? Man, man up. Here's the truth. This week on Monday, we had a staff member at the village. He got shot. Just point blank range, basically less than eight feet away. Goes to the hospital. While he's in there, we have guys that are in the village that some of them that have come out of addiction, some of them that have come from prison have turned their life around. And here's what some of them said. Here's what some of them, some of you that are sitting in this room said, and, and I don't say it to chastise you, it's, it was actually kind of very humbling and endearing that you thought of us like family like this, that you said, well, we need to man up and go take care of this. And some of you said, well, if I need to go take care of the guy that did this, I'll go back to prison for Rob. He's the guy that got shot. The problem is, as humbling as that is, that you love Rob that much and would consider him that special to you, that you would be willing to do that. That's just not the way that the Bible says we handle this, right? We, we don't man up on any kind of evil. We overcome it with good. Proverbs says it like this. It said it's honorable for a man. It's honorable for a man to stop striving because any fool can start a quarrel. Romans 5, 20, it says this, where sin abounded, it says grace. This is the way God treats us where your sin abounds. Grace abounds so much more. Do you see? This is why when you come to the scripture, it says this in 1 Peter 3. He says, don't return evil for evil, reviling for reviling. On the contrary, verse 9, on the contrary, return evil and reviling with blessing. With blessing. Everybody just say it with me. Return evil and reviling with blessing. 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 Blessing, knowing that you were called to this. Called to what? Called to endure some evil. Called to endure some reviling so that you can bless, knowing that you may inherit a blessing. Here's what it means, that sometimes on the way to inherit a blessing, you might actually go through something wrong, so, something, something against you, something that hurts you. Peter, Peter continues in verse 11. He says, he who would love life. Now, not, not life being the opposite of death, he who would love life, like Jesus, it says, in him was life. And Jesus says in John 10, 10, I came that you might have life. I'm talking about, I'm, I've come that you might not die. He said, I'm coming that your life's going to be full. 
Peter says, the guy and the woman that's going to love that kind of life, let him refrain his tongue from evil, his lips from deceit. Let him turn away from evil and, get this, evil and do good. He's not talking about turning away from the evil that you're doing. He's not talking about, in this context, you repenting of your sin, which we should do. He's talking about you turning away from the evil that was done against you. And instead of turning back towards that with evil, he's talking about pursuing peace and turning and flipping it on its end and becoming a peacemaker. Do you see? See how it's so different. He says in verse 12, just keep on going through 1 Peter 3, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. That phrase in scripture, the eyes of the Lord, it's this term of the Lord's favor being upon you. And he says, his eyes are on the, the righteous, his ears open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, against those who would return evil with, with, with evil instead of you're called to bless. We've got this incredible example of this. Next slide. This is a, uh, a close-up of a wife beater t-shirt. Rob, if you want to come up and take your seat. This is a, a, a close-up. Um, Rob wears uh, wife beaters under everything. Do you, do you have one? You know, wife beaters kind of a, uh, it's the t-shirt that you have that's got the sleeves cut off, you know, that's kind of the rib there. Um, that, that's a bullet that got fired at Rob on, on Monday at his chest. And uh, later on in the day, when uh, they were releasing him from the hospital, I went back to get his wallet, to get his keys, to get some things to take up to the hospital so that he could be discharged. And um, I, I saw this bullet on his, on his shirt. So, uh, Rob, why don't, why don't you talk to us and tell us what happened on Monday? It's on. Monday. Hold it up. I, w I was absolutely blessed Monday. I know that sounds so, so crazy, but I was on the sidewalk <clears throat> and a car pulls up and just shot. Is it not working? A car pulled up right, <clears throat> right beside me and, and uh, the, the man inside shot me right here in my, in my hip and it, it went through and came out my rear end and uh, I, I fell on the ground and kind of walked around the dumpster and he started to unload a couple more rounds and one went in my neck right here and it stopped, it stopped in my neck, it didn't come back out, it's still right here and uh, another one hit me right, right in the side <clears throat> um, and the, the scary part really was when I saw this yesterday. Um, it was scary and really uplifting, I guess, at the same time because those bullets don't stop in church. Y'all know that. A lot of you guys in here have been shot. Uh, I, I just truly believe that God was with me and his hand was up. Do you know? His hand was up and that, that, that bullet has God's hand on it. We, we thought you had been shot four times, and um, you, get, you got shot around the corner of our, our building downtown, walked into the office, and took you to the hospital, 
and um, they put you on the stretcher. You were in ICU and everything, which is understandable because they thought four times. And just tell everybody what you were thinking when you're on the stretcher in the hospital. Well, because on the on the way to the to the office, I I just knew that my neck was stinging, but I you know I, I felt back there, and you know you feel something hurting, and it just there was blood everywhere, and uh, I laid down. Some of my friends, Antonio and Speedy, and y'all 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 really comforted me, guy. I'm just gonna tell you, uh, he's been shot before, and he was telling me, hey man, don't move. I've been shot. I know what it's like. It hurts. Quit moving, you know, and just anyway that. That was comforting, brother. Um, I, they got me tied up on the <clears throat> stretcher, and this totally wasn't me. It, it wasn't me, but you know, I'm face down, and I'm really thinking <clears throat> that I was gonna die. Uh, and I started praying for a man I didn't know, uh, the, the man that was driving that car. And I just asked that God would, through whatever he was dealing with, would bring him to the kingdom. And I prayed that, you know, if, if I didn't see my family, they would know that I was a Christian man and that I loved everybody, regardless. So you get there to the hospital and you have all these, you know, I can't imagine but you're back there and you know, we all kind of went back in waves because you can only go back in two at a time and they're kind of being militant about that rule because um, they really don't know your condition. And uh, you were concerned about a few things. One was your men. Mm. And we were concerned that they would do what? I was really concerned laying in the hospital that my guys that work directly with me would be, want to retaliate and, uh, and get even. And I was, I was trying to tell everybody that was visiting with me to please get with my guys and tell them that I'm okay. And tell them that I've forgiven this man and that God loves this man as much as he loves me and as much as he loves them. And that he's dealing with something that we're not dealing with and that God wants to bring him into And I want my men to feel comfortable.
more times than God, and, and this is, it was, it was serious. Um, this morning we start praying, there's deep peace, start praying, we get up from our bed, it's at 10 o'clock at night, it's about 4, they're, they're talking about, oh, we're going to lay in bed, we'll check him out, we'll go, that's when I rush back to get the shirt that has the board that got stopped by uh, by Kyber.
Ah, okay, so I hope that that story, and I trust that it did, breathe fresh life into you, that it gave you a hope. And at the core, remember this, your faith and talking to others about it, it's, it's not going and giving a bunch of doctrine. It's not arguing facts and figures. It's not, you know, debating doctrine. And yeah, it's, it's not. Now, there are certainly times where you know you just have logical conversations but 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 honestly in our day and age i mean 11 years ago this was true now it's even truer people have lost the ability to talk about counterpoints and to disagree on so many levels however they can't deny hope and this is really one of the reasons why i believe the scripture says always be reason to give an answer for the hope that's inside of you with meekness with gentleness not with harshness but with a sincere kindness. Why, why, do you, why do you act like that? Why do you feel like that? How, how are you keeping your head above water? Oh, let, let me tell you. How did you endure that set, set of circumstances and come out on the other side? And I know it was difficult because I saw you. How were you able to rebuild and get on with life after that? Oh, let, let, me, let me explain. Let me show. Let me share with you. How are you able to endure? Oh, hey, yeah, it's 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 hard, but here's why and how. And you see, when those conversations happen, that comes from a completely different space. My prayer for you is that the Lord would bless you, that He would keep you, He'd be gracious to you, shine His face of intense, radical, overwhelming favor upon you even now, and that you would see inside of you a reason for the hope that you have. If you're struggling even now, I pray that he would pour fresh fire into your bones all throughout your body, that you would sense, feel the nearness of the Holy Spirit moving, loving, living through you. As scripture says, in him we move and breathe and live and have our being. And may he awaken hope in you. And as that hope awakens, may you, even in the midst of the struggle, be able to share with others the reason for that hope, grace, and peace. I'll see you soon.